week's episode of Janet's Day, Janet's Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Hey, Cam. What's going on your way? Just ready to be a part of the Rhythm Nation. <laughs> Before we do that, we got some news to discuss. Let's jump right in. All right. So, Cam, let us please, 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 please <laughs> talk about this Breakfast Club situation uh, with DJ Envy <laughs> and Charlamagalangalang. <laughs> Charlamagne. <laughs> I get on my nerves. I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> so they had Jermaine Dupri on, and for whatever reason, Jermaine can't go anywhere without talking about Janet Jackson. Well, now let's just. I want to clear something up. Please now. do. Escape was with him, and they were promoting the 25th anniversary of So So Death. They're going to have this big old concert, you know, like how Diddy did with Bad Boy. So I just want to put, I just want to say that, you know, right. and like Jermaine. I, I, Jermaine just walked in the building. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It still don't change your mind. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change your mind. And even though I know he didn't bring it up, so apparently like DJ Envy made some comments about how much more down to earth and humble Janet Jackson was when she was with Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> First of all, who cares what DJ Envy has to say? So that's not really my concern. But I was just a little irritated because one, okay, she hasn't done anything to you. So I don't know why you need to make comments about her. But also, too, can we stop asking Jermaine Dupree about Janet Jackson? <laughs> the woman has had a whole husband and a whole baby in the time since they have been separated. And it is Doesn't ridiculous really matter. to me that we continue to have these conversations with him. And it is re- equally ridiculous to me that he continues to sit <laughs> in studios and have these conversations. And on this particular incident, you know, situation, sit in a studio and let the woman he claimed to love with all of his heart be dragged <laughs> by some radio talk show host. Okay. 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 In Jermaine's defense, Please, he did me. not come to talk about Janet. DJ Envy just mentioned that when he was with Janet, Janet was doing drip clubs out, out in Atlanta, doing all kinds of fun things. But the last time she came, which was like a couple of weeks ago, she was very, I guess, reserved. And, you know, he just felt like she was very quiet or shy and that she was a totally different person. Now, Jermaine is always going to be associated with Janet. Because, I mean, that's his, like, number one thing in life. <laughs> that's he his got greatest Janet. accomplishment. <laughs> that's his greatest. That and escape. I'm for real. Him, that and escape. That's what we're going to put like, on his tombstone. <laughs> yeah. He he had Janet. <laughs> and he lived to tell about it. I mean, she has not yet put a gag order on him. Like, I mean, it, and I think he did a good job of trying to. You just say, let's move on. Because he was like, everything I touch is mag- turns to magic. Just like, yeah, let's focus on my tour. Okay. So so he did try to redirect, I guess. I guess I will accept that. I just, I'm over it. I need people to stop asking about that. I just need everybody to move on. Like, she's not doing anything to anyone. And maybe she wasn't bubbly or effervescent. But I will tell you this. I remember seeing the pictures that she took with them when she went through the studio. And I remember thinking to myself, please, God, don't let her sit down and interview with these people. Don't <laughs> do it. I I think that both of them are misogynists. So we can start there. Oh, and oh. also, I just feel like they are messy. So I just... Um, I was like, yeah, I don't think she wants to to be bothered with them. And she didn't. She took her picture and dipped. And I was like, yay, you, I stand a legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad Jermaine wasn't ch- snapping on gum. The last time he did an interview, he popped the gum so much. I was just like, dude, you realize you smacking in our ears. We can we can hear you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So let's turn to another interview or oh, I don't know what to call it. I'm going to call it the great chat hoax of 2018. I got a better t- title. The great disappointment because I was disappointed. So a couple weeks ago, 
all over social media. They were advertising for Janet Jackson to do a Say Anything chat. Yes. Uh, that would be featured on the Steve Harvey show. Got our hopes up. Got our hopes up. Girl, <laughs> I was submitting questions. I submitted about seven, eight questions. <laughs> I like I ain't even gonna submit because I know it's gonna be like two trillion questions. Yes, <laughs> yes, submit it. I'm sure, but that's part of my kind of frustration because I really didn't even care that like it was likely not going to be my questions. I was more excited that maybe it would be questions we haven't heard before. <laughs> the first thing I noticed with it is it was very noisy. When I was watching it, I was like, is somebody having a party in the back or something? <laughs> then Janet is like, this is too early for this yes. right here. She look, listen, I didn't even listen to it because after everyone complained, including yourself, I was like, I'm not even going to get into it. But from the pictures I saw, I was like, why she look like she waiting at the county courthouse? like this?" Because that's what they had her sit at. She was in a, it looked like she was in the window waiting on somebody to come visit her and the lady kept reading out questions to her like hey Janet this is from Tanya hey Janet this is from such and such and it was only nine questions and the one of the questions that irked me was about Aretha Franklin because I I guess because I follow Janet I'm like did you not see two weeks ago where Janet told the Aretha Franklin story yes. so why is Lord Janet have spinning? mercy we can all recite about answering the door with the crop top like we all know this <laughs> yes so it's like three minutes of Janet repeating the same story <laughs> and I'm just sitting up here like y'all ain't got nothing else <laughs> and then somebody recommended her was asking her about Tyler Perry in the movies and I'm like I don't want Janet to do another Tyler Perry I love Tyler <laughs> you know every time Medea comes out I get it on bootleg <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i don't want her to do no more tyler perry another same old question was who do you want to collab with uh-huh. I'm so we already know did people actually put these questions in there or did they just read from the standard janet jackson interview playlist because these are standard run-of-the-mill questions and we're all over it i love seeing janet jackson out <laughs> and about but I think the difference is it's global now. Like once you do an interview somewhere, it's online. We've all heard it. So we've anybody who follows Janet has heard these answers like 72 times. So I need I was really hopeful that we were going to get some better questions. Well, Janet was hoping that she got better questions because she was <laughs> like one time she crossed her legs was like, this is what we do. You woke me up for this. <laughs> I put on this ponytail for this. And she kept fixing her weave like, okay, is, is this how, how many more questions we got? <laughs> At one point, I even fixed my hair like, okay, Janet, we're going to fix our hair. Yes. So then, so. The, so then we saw her do some press in London. Yes. And some of those interviews are really good. I really enjoyed. She did one with Dottie. That was a lot of fun. She did one um, with, uh, the one face was okay, but she did several that were a lot of fun. But there yes. was one. <laughs> you already laughing. You know what I'm about to say, don't you? Baby shark. Oh, no. Why? 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 I, and as I said that, I'm doing the little movement. <laughs> And Janet had this look like baby shark. What the heck? My kid, my kid ain't listening to no baby shark. My kid is listening to off the wall. Listen, <laughs> I think I want to applaud the effort. I get that they were trying to do something different. I get it. However, you don't have Janet Jackson, a living legend, into your studio and ask her to do baby shark. <laughs> Like, is that the best use of the time you have with a legend? That's like me getting into heaven and I've got three minutes with God and I ask him to do the hokey pokey. Like, why would I do that? Now, I feel like I'm defending everybody right now. But it was entertaining for them, for Janet, because I think Janet's still dealing with her sinuses. But in the video, they was like, have you heard of it? She was like... No, <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, we gonna sing." They it to were you. so it excited, like, <laughs> and it wasn't like Janet was like, 
Let me hear it. They was just like, no, you haven't? Where it goes. <laughs> like, as the sharks got bigger, Janet got lazier. Like, her hand movements were just like. <laughs> Janet probably know Paw Patrol. Because Paw Patrol like is everybody the Everybody know Paw Patrol, boy. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yes, 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 yes. So that was that. And then. One thing Uh-oh. that folks have been Uh-oh. asking us to talk about, and I was fully pre- prepared to ignore it because um, I just don't feel like you have, you know, as as my mama would say, a dollar don't have to explain nothing to a dime. Right. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, people had a lot to say about Janet Jackson, but they just weren't in a position really to say it. So I was like, why do I need to defend Somebody who don't need a defense. Right. She doesn't. I've gotten into it with other entertainers with their fan clubs about legends. What makes a legend? Who is a legend? And who gets that status? And I, I know you agree with me. Our thing has been once you check Janet's number, her body of work, nothing else needs to be said. Right. You know, g- get like me. Right. <laughs> right. But it's like. People always want us to defend Janet. And we always saying we don't have to. Go to YouTube, look at everything all across the board. Record sales, number ones. And particularly the fans of other entertainers like to come for Janet fans. I feel like the Jan fam, typically, if you like Janet Jackson, you like a lot of other people. Right. And you celebrate their careers. Like I don't know a lot of Jan fam members who are like, Beyonce or Rihanna haters. Right. It's like that's just not in the DNA. Like we don't feel the need to tear down somebody else's person that they celebrate in order to lift Janet up because we don't have to do that. Yeah, that's not our mojo. (laughs) That's not our mojo at all. (laughs) No. So it's interesting to me the types of fans that come. Like this particular past couple of weeks, it's been like an onslaught of Christina Aguilera fans. And I want to oh. be clear that I don't have a problem with Christina Aguilera. I like Christina Aguilera. But it was very mm-hmm. interesting to me. Like, I just don't know that y'all have the range to be <laughs> discussing who is a legend and who isn't. Like, I just, I don't, and and no fault of Christina Aguilera. Like, these are her fans coming for people. But mm-hmm. no fault of her own but it's not the same category like when you look at all the billboard lists like greatest artists of all time janet is number seven michael is number eight and i couldn't tell you where christina aguilera might be but it's not in the top 20 and that doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with her but i just need her fans to recognize like y'all punching above y'all weight class and yeah. you don't have to do that go for- <laughs> Go for Britney. Go for Britney and J-Lo. <laughs> Honestly, Britney is on the list of like highest selling women oh, yeah. um, tours. Yeah. Like Britney's, My Britney's way up there too. So you just like, there's really nobody and you don't have to come for anybody. Like, I don't know why right. we constantly pit women against each other. I feel like we do not do that on the male side. Like, I feel like there are very few and maybe... I'm not privy to it because I don't pay that close of attention. But I feel like nobody feels like you can only be a Prince fan or you can only be a Michael Jackson fan. Like, I feel like they cross over. People, yeah, they love them both. But when it comes to women in entertainment, it seems like we got to just constantly be, and the fans do it, not even the entertainers. The fans are constantly, like, sparking these cat fights and all of these things and trying to pit them against each other. Right. I don't want to belabor this too much. In fact, I want us to get to the song, but I just want to just for anybody who needs receipts, I just want to point out Uh-oh. that Janet Jackson is one of only four artists to have a number one album in each of the last four decades. 40 years, this woman has had a number one album in each of those decades, and she's the only black person on the list. Wow. The other people, Barbara Streisand, Bruce Springsteen, and you too. Wow. Janet Jackson, okay? She had 18 consecutive songs break the top 10 on the Hot 100 chart. And she's the Mm -hmm. only person to have three different albums to Mm -hmm. have at least five top 10 hits on the Hot 100. She's the only person. That part. Seven singles in the top five of the Billboard 100. She surpassed Michael, who had 
I want to say seven, but they were in the top ten. So she mm-hmm. surpassed Michael Jackson's mm-hmm. Thriller, broke his record mm-hmm. with the number of singles mm-hmm. in the top five. And even if mm-hmm. we stop mm-hmm. talking about just all the accolades as far as charts and all of that, Janet mm-hmm. Jackson was one of the first black feminist voices in pop music. And she really was the blueprint for any kind of activism we hear in pop music today. She did that. She did that. Pop music didn't have activists. And so we had Rhythm Nation. And so Rhythm now we have Nation. all of these women who are pattering and men pattering themselves after her. She did that. There you go. <laughs> the doors of the church are now open. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for an entertainer, a queen. Yes, we invite you. <laughs> the jam fan would take you in. <laughs> Is there one? <laughs> yes. Bring love. Yes. All right, cuz, let's get into this week's song. This is a test. No struggle, no progress. Lend a hand to help your brother do his best. Things are getting worse. We have to make them better. It's time to give a damn. Let's work together. People, come on now. I'm about to be like, this is a test. No struggle, no progress. You know how hard it is not to sing the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're going to talk about Rhythm Nation. I'm so excited. I have been waiting for this moment. Uh, It's hard for me to believe that Rhythm Nation came out in 1989. It was released on October 24th, 1989. And it still brings as much joy to my heart as it did (laughs) on October 24th, 1989. This is one of the many classic singles written by Jimmy Terry and, of course, Miss Jackson herself. It was the second single from her fourth studio album, uh, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. We need to say the whole thing. (laughs) And this song features a signature bass line from Sly Stone's Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself. Again. (laughs) You got to say again on it. (laughs) You do. You have to say it again. Yes. (laughs) Rhythm Nation is among Janet's signature songs with these lyrics. With music by our side to break the color lines. Let's work together to improve the way of life. So what we know is that the record label was against a socially conscious album following up to Control. They kind of wanted Control too. Most record labels, once they figure out that they have a hit formula, they just want to keep doing it over and over again and not let an artist express themselves and push that envelope. Yeah. She said when she proposed the concept, you know, there are voices of doubt in the room. And she said the more that she thought about it, the more committed she be- she came to the idea that, yeah, this must be a socially conscious album. And she said there came a point where she felt like she did not have a choice, like the creativity took over and Rhythm Nation came alive. She was quoted as saying she saw a higher power was at work. You know, like this is what it is, this is what it has to be, guys. And um, get on board. So the cool thing I found out about this song was that, and I quote, Janet says, I realized that amongst my friends, we actually had a distinct nation of our own. We weren't interested in drugs or drinking, but social change. We love music and we love to dance. And that's how Rhythm Nation 1814 was born. And one of the things that I really appreciate about this song and this album, and later we're going to just look at this album in a totality because it's a masterpiece and mm-hmm. um, it should be taken as a whole. But when I think about this song, um, one of the things that um, Janet talks about is when she was preparing to write this, just reflecting on all of the folks that she loved when she was a kid and all the folks who made kind of those message songs. She Mm -hmm. talked about, you know, Stevie Wonder, whom now she only refers to as her cousin, (laughs) so her cousin Stevie Wonder (laughs) and Joni Mitchell and Marvin Gaye. And they were making songs that got her to thinking about the responsibility of music. So how can I use my platform for social change to improve the world through music? And so she talked about those singers who were so aware of their position, their status in the world, and that they could use their tools, their instruments, their voices, their bodies, their gifts to be a catalyst for change in the world. And so one of the things that when she was talking about that and I started to think she really interpreted that and put her own spin on it. Mm -hmm. For the most part, those songs were, I don't want to say they weren't all ballads, um, but they were either strong rhythm and blues or folksy or bluegrass or whatever but what janet came along and did was i'm gonna give you a message that you can dance to i'm gonna give you an upbeat 
pop song that you can't help but love because the vocal arrangement is spectacular the musical production is spectacular and by the way i'm gonna sneak this message in on you as well right talk about the melody it is so catchy because you can just be cooking and just be like we are part you know you can you just feel like yeah. you can sing it Absolutely. you know and I think that's what great artists do. Because like when you mentioned Marvin Gaye and Stevie, there's a couple of Marvin Gaye songs till this day when you hear it, it sticks with you because not only was it a great song and a great message, but it sticks to your rib. Just hey. like good soul food. <laughs> this week, I listened to Mercy, Mercy Me about 40 times. No less. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's is what's going on. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, those are great songs. Marvin, he was a great balladeer and he used his tools, his instruments, in the way to deliver a message that people want to hear and that's still really relevant and Janet did the same with Rhythm Nation she used her tools to do that and I would just like for a second to talk about how special that was because in 1989 when Janet had just come off of um, her really first massively successful project Mm -hmm. to go and then say now I'm going to cash in all my chips to use all of the fame and popularity I just earned like I literally just got it yesterday Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to use it all now um, and take this huge risk with my reputation by attaching myself to these social issues and that's something that a lesser artist might not have done a lot of artists are all very concerned about where they are in their career before they do certain things mm-hmm. like I don't want to risk alienating the people who just want to dance mm-hmm. but she cashed it all in right away she's like I, folks are listening folks are paying attention now's the time right and I just want to point out a lyric line that sticks out to me Join voices in protest to social injustice. Think about it. What was going on around that time in 89? You know, we had the crack epidemic, gang violence. And believe it or not, we still were struggling with reading with adults who couldn't read. And there was just so much stuff going on around that time. When I just look at those two simple lines, it fits and it still fits today because we still because we're still facing those same issues. And I know a lot of people might be like, well, you, you can always say that about different songs. But at the time, that was really staring us in the face. It really, really was. And at this time, Janet's still in her 20s. I mean, early 20s. Early 20s. Yes. And so she had control, which was great. And I think, like she said, when she had that vision and it's something in your heart, you got to let it out. I think if she would have said, no, I'm not going to do this. Let me do control two. I don't think control two would have been successful because her heart wasn't in it. With Rhythm Nation, her heart was in it. She gave it her everything. Yeah. This record, Rhythm Nation, which unfortunately we, I'm sure we all would have hoped we would have solved many of the things that she addresses in this song we haven't but it it was very important for her to do that and she spoke a lot too about like I know a song isn't going to change the world but she used to say something like if someone's on the fence like trying to decide you know being pulled by positive forces and negative forces and they're on the fence then maybe something I've said or done or a video they've seen of mine will pull them in the positive direction like she literally was like I'm just doing whatever I can do to help <laughs> yeah I love that. Um, one of the quotes from Richard Croft, he praised it as powerful production and declaring the beats of this song are probably the most powerful ever to be heard in the history of mankind. And I can tell you this. I remember getting this cassette as a little girl and my parents are not the type to like randomly bring gifts. So <laughs> I don't remember the circumstances around it, but they just showed up with Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. And I remember I was very sick as a little kid. And so I I can distinctly remember I was in my parents' room in the bed. I hadn't gone to school. And uh, they brought me the Rhythm Nation cassette. And I put that thing on. (laughs) And I'm telling you, my life was changed. I had never heard anything like it. This was right when, you know, we were starting to make the transition. Folks called it the B-Boy style or New Jack Swing or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But sonically, just the sounds, the way the harmonies were layered, the way Janet was using her voice, the instrumentation of the song. I had never heard anything like it. I must have rewound that little Sony Walkman (laughs) 40 times that afternoon. Um, listening to it over. I just had never heard anything like it. And I still remember, I still get like excited thinking about the first time I heard that song and how I 
knew I felt like something was special and maybe nothing would ever be this special again. Fortunately, I had like underestimated life considerably. There were many more (laughs) special moments. But in that time, I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. (laughs) Yeah, it was our formation before formation. you know right jimmy talks about how they really sat down and they wanted it to be an anthem um it was going to be the anchor to the whole album Mm -hmm. and they knew that it would be the title track and they really did that and when i think about it this song for me the rhythm nation is what you see at a janet jackson concert and i said this Mm -hmm. before but when you go to those concerts, it's just everybody. You see old, young, every nationality, every kind of profession, everybody is there. And at a Janet Jackson concert is really when you see the Rhythm Nation. <laughs> yes. That is the embodiment of what she was singing about and dreaming about those years ago. Because, I mean, this time when I went to the State of the World 2 here in Charlotte, I sat next to a gentleman and I don't want to overestimate his age. But it was an older white gentleman, and I'm going to say probably 70 plus. And he appeared to be there with his grandson. And he was up with his little camera phone, taking pictures and and just enjoying himself. Everyone in my role was different, and we were all jamming and enjoying each other and enjoying Janet. And I think that's what she had in mind. And And just to piggyback off of that, Rhythm Nation, it knows no age, it knows no color, no nationality, none of that. Religion, it's all about the rhythm and people coming together. And I think like this song influenced so many other artists. Like to me, it's the foundation to a lot of artists when it comes to making um, an anthem track. Um, Automatically what comes to mind is Katy Perry, Roar. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a huge song, but I can hear bits and pieces of, yeah, that's a little bit of Janet right there. That's a little bit of her seeing how Janet did it and how to put it out there so that it can embrace a whole, not just one set of people, but the whole nation and have everyone on that same accord. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's one of those broad, I call them the empowerment songs. And that's what you felt when you listened to Janet Jackson. Um, it's just that big empowerment, like inclusive, makes you feel like you can run through a wall. Uh, those <laughs> types Not of the songs. Wall. Yes, Not yes. The wall. <laughs> I never ran through no wall. I might run in, you no, know, run through some tackles, but <laughs> not the wall. <laughs> Yes, but that's how you feel when you hear certain songs that um, I call them your, you know, the at bat songs, you know, like them songs mm-hmm. that just get you riled up and make you feel like you can take on and and take over the world. And what was unique about Rhythm Nation was that song it could be the song for so many people. Like mm-hmm. it, I think everybody can find themselves in a song like Rhythm Nation. And I will even go out on a limb to say that, you know, if most people, if they don't recognize Janet by the song, That's the Way Love Goes, if you say Rhythm Nation, by then they should get it. And you may even say Rhythm Nation and you should automatically see, you know, recognize, oh, that's Janet. But, you know, it just depends on, you know, what time you discover Janet. Yeah. So let's talk about um, a little bit of the video. So the video for Rhythm Nation, whenever you say precision, or that's what I think of, mm-hmm. directed by Dominic Cena, who she'd worked with on Let's Wait a While. And I need to pause there for a second because Let's Wait a While has such a warm place in my heart. <laughs> I love that video. It was black and white when other videos were not. And it had the dude from The Last Dragon. Who was everybody's crush. Listen, how could you not love that? Yeah, so I just want to pause and just throw a shout out for, to Dominic Cena for making two of my favorite videos. <laughs> she also wanted to reminisce on Leslie Way to own on her crush. That's all. That's I did. All. To me, I, yes, I did. I did. Yes. And the video premiered on on September 16, 1989 on MTV and it was aired several times that following week. Rhythm Nation was filmed simultaneously with Miss You Much and The Knowledge as part of a long form video Rhythm Nation 1814. Right. So um, Jimmy Jam talks about when they went into the studio to make the album, they already had in their minds that this would be a half hour long form video. Mm hmm. 
So they treated the development of Rhythm Nation as almost like you would treat the development of a soundtrack. One of the things he says that was funny to me is like, we tried to make the album sound black and white. And that sounds insane. <laughs> but when I think about it, I'm like, does sound black and white? <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. But sonically, I think they achieved what they were after. I mean, I remember when this actually came out. And I remember the long trilogy video. Sitting here and just trying to think of what artist since Janet has been able to pull something like this off. I remember... Um, a couple of years back, Neo actually tried to do something like this with his um, Libra Scale album, and it fell flat. <laughs> and I'm just saying to myself, has anyone since Janet has been able to group a project with three videos together and make it come together into a long form and been successful with it? So I don't know um, about that because the the person that comes to mind would be Beyonce, but that would force me to admit that I never saw Lemonade. <laughs> I mean, Lemonade was good, but I'm just talking about three pieces of the work, put them together. I think what was super unique about this was specifically for the time. So there weren't a lot of outlets for music videos at the time. Right. You know, you weren't going to go directly to the internet and release your video you weren't gonna have an hbo special and release your video right. there were very few places so a couple things i would want to take a step back first of all the video is black and white mm -hmm. so that is already bizarre in the landscape of videos we're doing at this time everybody's going mm -hmm. bigger bolder badder is more um of the horrible graphics we were putting in videos at that time there's more <laughs> of the, like there's more color there's all of this and you know Janet goes out on a limb and says this project is going to be black and white. And they chose it to be black and white because it was very important for her that everybody's skin tones would be shades of gray so that nobody would be seen as just an ethnicity or a nationality. Right. And then to group the videos together was incredibly risky because time slots like no one is necessarily going to give any old artist 30 minutes to show your new video. <laughs> yeah. If MTV had been like, yeah, 27, 27 minutes, nah, we ain't going to nope. be to do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there wouldn't have been very many other venues that you could say, okay, then I'll distribute it myself or I'll do this other thing. It was like, you had to have the cachet to get that done. So I agree with you, like just putting those songs together. And if you had, like I own the VHS cassette tape that had the entire <laughs> narrative story. If yeah. we're being fully honest, the narrative was rough. <laughs> but in, in, in my with my youthful eyes i thought it was the best thing i had ever seen oh yeah yeah everybody was talking about about this video yeah but you know now that i why yes it was it was fortunately the songs and the video and the music portions were really good because this so <laughs> well she wasn't trying to win an academy award she was trying to tell you a story and she wanted to educate us. So I accept that. The video was black and white, of course, but it was military inspired. And when I say they were sharp as a tick, sharp. I mean, from head to toe, Miss Jackson and her crew came to slay. Mm -hmm. And the movements. And I always remember my whole signature is the hand countdown. Right. I still to this day mess that up. <laughs> but when she comes in and you see that hand comes up, even mm -hmm. today when she does in the concert, I'm ready. I'm like, come on, Janet. We also got to remember that there was no video out there like that. Once that video came on, you automatically got ready to do your dance steps. Absolutely. And I remember trying to catch this video as much as possible. It never got dull, no matter how many times you watched. No, nope, that is absolutely true. And I want to shout out Anthony Thomas, who did the choreography, because at the time he was really unknown. She went with a whole different direction with the with the dancing to bring in someone new but knew what the streets were doing. Yeah. And I think at this time too, Janet Jackson was still heavily involved in like the development of the choreography. So she worked with Anthony Thomas in kind of developing this. And it was very important to her that it was somebody that folks wouldn't necessarily be familiar because you know in the in this industry it seems like you know those good choreographers choreograph for everyone and then everyone starts looking the same she was like nope mm -mm, we'll just find somebody new and and we'll work together and we'll get exactly what we want yeah Another thing, too, about that video was it was very important for her to have multiracial dancers. And you see she's continued to push that boundary. It's always about representation. So 
you know, back then it was all about ethnicity. And now she's progressed to like ethnicity, you know, nationalities, body types. You know, it's all about making sure there's representation um, across the spectrum of people. And she did that intentionally, um, very much so with the Rhythm Nation album. And again, this is a 23-year-old woman, and these are the types of things that are on her mind at that time. I don't know that I was that mature at 23, even though my sister says I was born 36. (laughs) But still, (laughs) I don't know if I had such a developed and mature worldview at the age of 23 it's it's incredible to think of yeah and she had a lot of pressure on her I mean it was a 20-day shoot with a lot of long hours I can imagine just sitting there saying I gotta get this right because there were a lot of naysayers you know she didn't really have other than maybe Jimmy Terry saying we can pull this off we can do this everybody else was like girl just do another control <laughs> you know so I yeah. mean imagine the pressure <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, during that video on the knowledge, she actually passes out. I think she passes out from dehydration right at the end of the song on the ledge. And so on the VHS, you can see it clearly like she falls and don't get up. And they use that. They use that tape. Oh, my God. As a part of the video. (laughs) But, yeah, she was going hard. And she said during this time, there would be many times where, like, she couldn't turn it off. Like, as she was working to, like, perfect the moves and perfect the songs. She just wanted to get everything to be perfect. And another interesting thing about it, um, she was asking for a million dollars or something like that Mm -hmm. to do this video um, for the three songs together, which was a lot of money back then for a music video. Yes, a lot of coins. 1989. (laughs) Yeah. And so she goes to the record label and they're kind of like, but yo, we haven't even heard a song. Like, who do you want? And so as... As um, Jam tells us the story, he says, like, Janet took one of the heads from the record label, got in her Range Rover, and they drove up the coast, and she played them, like, three or four songs. And he says she came back later to the studio, and she's like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> so, like, I don't... <laughs> I wonder what cuts did she play? <laughs> Think about the Rhythm Nation album. There's hardly anything she could have played for him that wouldn't have been like, yes. You can have all my money because that is a solid album from start to finish. How much you yes. need again? Yeah. And also just, I know I keep talking about the outfits of the videos and everything, but the outfits was such an impact that it's actually included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a display women who rock vision, passion, and power. That lets you know how impactful this video was for not only for Janet, but for women, period. And that also, too, is why I was very confused when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame (laughs) and thought Janet Jackson was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I'm looking at the Rhythm Nation costume. (laughs) But we're not going to go there. That's not what this is about. No, it's Uh, not about. And then I remember a couple of Halloweens ago, Beyonce actually dressed her in Blue Ivory as Michael and Janet. And Beyonce had her own rendition of the hat with the ponytail through it, the all black outfit. And Blue Ivory was Michael with the microphone. And I'm just like, y'all don't think Janet's legacy still lives on? I mean, your favorite artist is still trying to rock the Janet Jackson swag, you know? <laughs> yes. And the but the Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation swag, like that has lived since 1989 <laughs> and through all of the, you know, we know that there have been concerted efforts to derail her career, but that's something you can't take, like the impact that Rhythm Nation had on generations you can never Mm -hmm. take that away and slant magazine listed as one of the greatest music videos of all time and there's been a lot of music videos out there but to be ranked up there among that great the greatest list um the video did really well got quite a few accolades best female video artist uh, music video award for artistic achievement from billboard And also won a Grammy for Best Long Form Music Videos. Yes. And it also had a great impact on the charts. Number one on the dance. Number one in the hot R&B and hip hop songs. Now, interesting that it only peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. I need to check that. When I read that, I had to double check (laughs) because I couldn't believe that it only peaked at number two. And what we should do is see what was number one. Do you remember a song called by Bad English called When I See You Smile? 
Uh-uh. Okay, so at the beginning of November, it was When I See You Smile was number one for two weeks. And then Millie Vanilli was Blame It on the Rain for two weeks. But <laughs> Millie Vanilli was tearing up the world. They ain't even seen that song. <laughs> <laughs> Had us all fooled. We was bamboozled. <laughs> you know what? I'm still, I'm not mad at them. I know we want, I know we supposed to be mad at them, but them brothers was trying to eat. I'm not mad. <laughs> 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 then Billy Joel, Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. Oh, that was a good one. And then Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise. Oh, oh that was kind of good one too. Before that, Miss You Much had been on the charts for four weeks at number one. Yeah, my jam. But yeah, so <laughs> number two was as high as she got. Of course, a great track like this picked up a couple of awards along the way. Picked up the BMI Pop Awards for Most Played Song. Billboard Award for Top Dance Club Play, a Grammy nomination for Producer of the Year. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about these live performances. You know, we talk about a song that's lived from 1989. (laughs) I don't know that Janet Jackson has done a tour that did not feature this song. Because you have to do the Rhythm Nation song, no matter what. You do. (laughs) Have you ever gone to a concert where people don't do their signature song? No. (laughs) I have. I have. Who, girl? <laughs> I'm not going to see Bilal ever again. Cause how you think you gonna come up in here and not sing, Soul Sister? Don't you know that's why I'm here? <laughs> that's the only song I know that he has. This is what I'm saying. So you <laughs> made me suffer through 32 other songs, sir. <laughs> and you're not gonna sing Soul Sister? I saw. I was like, yeah. So I agree. Like, unfortunately, when she's 73, she's gonna have to sing Rhythm Nations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, before I show go, up to sing. <laughs> before I go, let's do Rhythm Nation. Yeah, like if you oh. think you're not going to sing Rhythm Nation, ma'am, no, ma'am. <laughs> Might not remember the words at that age, but hey, we're going to do Listen, it. Hey, she's going to get them little five, four, three, two, one of that hand move. She got it. I'm convinced that she can probably do that in yes. her sleep. Yes. Because she's still so crisp. And one of the things I love about Janet Jackson dancers. And they were crisper in the earlier days. I'm going to be fair. Like, yeah. I love the new kids because they have so much flavor and so much swag. Right. Those previous generation of kids were crisp. <laughs> Crispy. <laughs> yes. And I loved when she did the Rhythm Nation performance at the Hollywood Bowl. And she brought everybody out on the stage and they did Rhythm Nation. You know, I don't know anyone else could have pulled that off. Inviting every single dancer that has toured with you in the past and most of them dropping what they're doing and and coming to support you. I heard Tina say on the Kelly Alexander show that they got the call just one week in advance and they killed it. Over 30 dancers were on stage, all of her old school OG kids, and they killed it. And I mean, made it look flawless, seamless. Like, I don't, I don't know how they, how they did it. They were flawless. And not only that, but Janet took 17 minutes to introduce the dancers one by one. And that was a special, special moment. And I think she was very thoughtful in honoring her dancers and really appreciating the moment and the legacy she'd built with them. And that's one thing we don't see her do very often is just like step back, appreciate the work and what she's accomplished. And I felt like she was doing that in that moment, but she was doing it in her typical unselfish fashion by honoring others. And oh my goodness, just to watch them and to still watch her, like how are you crisp and smooth at the same time? I watched a couple of performances a couple of weeks back and I was like, I watched where she was on tour in Japan. I watched that clip of her performing it. And then I watched some more, more recent ones. And I'm just like, you know, it don't matter what Janet has on. Anytime she does this song, I'm ready. You know, it still feels like she's back in 89 power plant, you know, performing this song. Yeah. She keeps reinventing that costume (laughs) and it's not always awesome. I'm going to be honest. It's not always awesome but i love that is one of the things i love about her is that she continues to reinvent herself um with the costumes and she isn't even afraid to adjust something that would be iconic for her right like she could we nobody would care if she was still putting (laughs) that baseball cap on (laughs) here in 2018 like we would be for it right like (laughs) I got a funny story I'm going to have to tell you about about that Rhythm Nation outfit. Mm-hmm. 
when we the after the you know election and everything, I was like, I ought to go to work just like Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation, just all black. <laughs> Wait a minute, which which election was this? You want to be specific? <laughs> after Trump got elected, I was I was mad. I was like, <laughs> I feel I feel like I just need to make a statement. Let me dress in all black like Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the all black, some of the critics when during that era when she was wearing the all black and particularly uh, a black critic really got under her skin because he called her attire drab. What? Right. Her response was he's been brainwashed because he can't see what I'm trying to show. And that hurt me so bad. I would hope that everyone would understand that for once, black represents something good. That's mm-hmm. why I decided the color scheme for the Rhythm Nation, the costumes, the cover art, the overall feeling would be positively, uncompromisingly black. Yeah. That is our queen. Yes. There's always that one person. They want to throw some salt in your Kool-Aid. But mm-hmm. that black, to me, it represented unity. That's what she was wanting. Unity among us to stand together to face injustice that we were going through. So, yeah, let them hate. <laughs> yeah, hate him. <laughs> so my first concert was Rhythm Nation, mm-hmm. and I saw the tour, and I remember being on the edge of my seat until this song came on. I feel like it was in the first half of the concert. It's been a long time, so I can't hardly remember. Uh-oh. But wherever it was, I feel like my life was complete at that moment. I was like, I could go. Really, I mean, I'm gonna stay because she's still singing, <laughs> but I'm good. <laughs> You ain't got to do no more. We good. <laughs> Everything else was bonus. Man. There is two, um, when we talk about the Rhythm Nation performances, one of Janet Jackson's first wardrobe malfunctions <laughs> happened when she was performing for Queen Elizabeth II. And that was at the uh, Royal Variety performance. <laughs> it was for the Queen Mother's 90th birthday. And during this performance of Rhythm Nation, Janet actually split her pants during the oh. And she kept dancing. Hey, when you perform in front of the queen, you keep it going. Yes, yes, kept going. (laughs) So, Rhythm Nation, as you know, still holds a very special place in my heart. And so I'm glad to hear about all the accolades and all the nominations, despite the fact that it did not go to number one. You know, to be fair, she had previously held the number one spot for four <laughs> weeks with Miss You Much. So she was really just giving other people a chance to shine because she's generous like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She liked to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's generous. So <laughs> I'm not mad about that. I love this song. I love it still. It feels like I may never not like this song. And I want this song to be played at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I play it for you. I'll be the DJ. I appreciate it. I'm going to hold you to it. (laughs) Don't make me come back and haunt you like I thought you said you was going to DJ my funeral. I'll be wiping tears going, this was for my cousin. (laughs) We are a part of that rhythm nation. I definitely think this is a masterpiece. I can't find nothing bad to say about I just don't have anything negative to say. There's nothing. There's nothing to be said. Like, if someone doesn't like Rhythm Nation, I have to look at you and wonder, like, can we really be friends? Like, can... (laughs) Your soul must be void. Nothing is there. You're cold. Your soul is cold. Yeah. We can't be friends. (laughs) Nah, you gotta love the Rhythm Nation. I wonder, can I order me a Rhythm Nation shirt? You can't. They revamped the Rhythm Nation shirts (laughs) for the new tour, and they're pretty cool. Really? I might have to look into one. All right, so let's get to our game. Game time! This time for a game. This idea of just to kind of see how well do I know you when it comes to your Janet Jackson. So I'm going to ask you questions and you have to respond with a Janet Jackson song. Okay. And we're going to match them up and see how how well I know you. Okay. <laughs> how well do I know you? So your you've Janet? already guessed what my answer is going to be. Yes. Well, that's impressive because I don't know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> 
it gives me a chance to see how well do I know you when it comes to Janet. Just in case we go on a game show okay, or something. Okay, yeah, we do I need to like, practice so we can win a million dollars. Yes, yes. Or we can go on Family Feud. I just want to go on Family Feud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. All right. What Janet Jam keeps you focused on your life goals? Oh, this is good. Hold on. Let me think for a second. Which one is... Damn baby. Really? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> what did I'm you off. say? <laughs> Pleasure principle. Cause you talk oh, about that's it all good the one time. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good too. Okay. <laughs> we uh, this is not good, cousin. Okay. Let's try let's try number two. Okay. What Janet Jam makes you forget about your troubles? Oh, so this one, I want to say pleasure principle, <laughs> but I, I think that's probably not what you said. So let me, let me think a little bit on what this might be. Makes me forget about my troubles. I'm going to say, that's the way love, that's the way love, that's the way love goes. Yes! Is that what you said? Yes! Yes! Because you talk about it all the time. You like, that's my jam. That's my it jam. Really is. <laughs> What? We got one. Okay, you ready for another okay, one? Okay, I'm ready. What Janet Jam do you play to get ready for a girls' night out? Oh, this is tough. There could be two. I'm a guess. Oh, but you- my first one, and then if it's not right, you gotta let me get a second one. Okay. All right. My first one is going to be go deep. Yes. Yes. Woo-hoo! Yes. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I know you, cousin. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> all right. All right. Last one. And this is going to be kind of tricky because keep it positive now. Okay. Keep it positive. What Janet Jam do you feel is overrated? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> if you don't get this one right, it's almost like we've never met. <laughs> That's why I put it in here. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause you're never, never, never oh, funny. <laughs> we did good, cuz three. <laughs> three. Oh. Yeah, we did much better than I expected when you explained it to me. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> we go deep. We don't get no. So that's it for us this week. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribble, and my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. Look out for us on iTunes and YouTube at JJ Today Pod. That's JJ Today P-O-D. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, at JJ Today Pod. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. Our intro and outro music, Good For You by THBD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever.